My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Hello, and welcome to season three of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. I'm Susan Macias. I'm glad you could join me. I write and speak to Point Believers Home, to the Heavenly Father who loves us. And that is what our eternal goal is. But you know what? We're not there yet, so we're not done yet. And that match, that message matters to me the older that I get. I don't age out of following Jesus and serving His name, and neither do you, because... We're not done yet. This is the beginning of season three of the We're Not Done Yet podcast, and I am dedicating this to all my fellow Empty Nest sisters. Um, This podcast has been directed at the Empty Nest years, and I think the Lord is directing me to make a shift um, to a wider group of people. We all need to be... um, really pursuing God in these years. These are important times in our world, and we're not done yet. We need to not just be longing for our heavenly home. We need to be um, really investing in building the kingdom here, encouraging believers and bringing others the message of the gospel. But this season, my third season, is dedicated to the Emptiness Sister. So you know what? Hello, Emptiness Sister. Welcome. Grab a cup of coffee and pull up a chair. You are among friends here. You are in a safe spot, and you don't have to c- explain those conflicting conflicting emotions of the empty nest. You don't have to paste on a smile. You don't have to say, I'm fine. None of that has to happen. And let me just make a quick point here. In this season three, you might hear me stumble over my words some. I did a lot of editing in my first two seasons. This season, I am just chatting with you. And so if you were chatting with me, I'd have to go back and correct what I said um, if we were doing this in my living room. And so that's how this is going to be. It's just going to be me talking. And I'm not going to go back and edit. So let me apologize right now for any of those little guffaws that I make along the way. Okay, so here we are with honesty and raw emotions and, you know, raw conversation as I fumble over my words. Everything is allowed because we arrive at this season of life and wonder, what in the world are we supposed to do next? I mean, we're still a mom, but what does that look like? And what responsibilities do we still have? And what is our job as a homemaker? And just all of that. Where do we actually fit? You know, some might get here and just grateful that there's a hope that strife will lessen if you've had a child that's really been difficult and they move on. Um, But even then, they move on with, and we carry that burden in our heart. We have questions. What burdens can we lay down as a mom? Are we still even needed? That feels icky. And so I just found, surprisingly, I was one that had looked forward to emptiness years, not because I didn't love my children, but because I had all of this writing and speaking and things I wanted to do. And I, quite frankly, did not have time as a mom to do those things. Um, But I found that post-mommyhood, I felt schizophrenic. I felt conflicted about the current state of things. My empty nest 
quite frankly, holds grief at the things that I've lost, the the time with my kids and and that uh, relationship. But then there's also this anticipation about new opportunities. My age, I'm I am really barreling down on 60. Um, and I feel experienced, you know, I should be I'll have a little bit of wisdom by now. But you know, quite frankly, I also feel tired and sad. I'm grateful for what I've done in life. And I'm also have a lot of sorrow at what I failed to accomplish. My body and my mind are not always very loyal companions. Anybody else out there? My body complains of aches and it is thickening in places I really wish it wouldn't. My mind can forget my friend's name or why I walked into a room. So many paths present themselves before me right now. And the amount of change and the choices that are available, they can cloud my brain and wear me out. You? I mean, it's freedom sounds fun, but the extra time can feel confusing. There are projects and dreams that I put on the shelf for many years, and they offer opportunity. But how do I dust them off and, and find the motivation to finally move in those directions? Do you identify with any of these questions, or is it just me? I hope it's not just me. I looked forward to my empty nest years in many ways, like I said before. And if for no other reason, you know, at least I knew there'd be less laundry and fewer dirty dishes. And you know what? Hallelujah and amen. That part is true. But I adored my mom years. I took it seriously. It was my career. I raised my kids. You know, I had a very idealistic view of family. I wanted them to be arrows that the Lord would shoot out into the world that needs brave souls that value truth. And and I still believe that that is what I was doing and why what I did mattered so much. And and I can be pretty idealistic, but I'm also practical. And and here I am um, in the practical realities of the empty nest. I didn't realize in all my dreaming years just how quiet the house would grow. I didn't know how murky the days could become as they flowed from from one thing that popped up to the next through my day. It's not that I sit around. I don't. But my days get filled with these mundane tasks, and I'll get to the end of the week, and I'll think, I don't even know what I accomplished. And one problem, I mean, it's not really a problem, but it does get in the way of of the things that um, that I'm hoping to get done, is, is that my kids still need me. And that's a blessing. My my grandkids need me. My husband needs me still. And those are all blessings. I love these people and, and even the, some of these tasks. But I also feel the weight of the Lord's hand on my shoulder and the sweet breath of his call in my ear as he says, daughter, I have work for you to do. Work for my family remains, but my heavenly father has assignments as well. And your heavenly father has calls for you too, if you believe in Jesus. You know, that's really where I'm coming at, is the emptiness sister in Christ who's going, okay, there, here I have the responsibility of more time. What should I be doing with this time? So what are the things that keep me from God's call? Maybe you will identify with some of the things. I'm not blaming anyone else for the struggle to claim my time for the kingdom work that Jesus has for me. If I have an ordered life, um, that I can get more done that requires care and management. And quite frankly, we don't, we don't lose any of the care and management we had before. Our marriages still require cultivation. And as we age, maybe even more cultivation. Kids, even adult kids need our help. And if we have the blessing of parents that are alive, then we're going to want to spend time with them and they might require our help and our time. 
And we should invest our time in those relationships. That is absolutely kingdom work. But what I don't want is for wrong thinking or old age to weigh me down. I don't want bitterness and disappointment to pollute my soul or keep me from fully serving in this season. Every time I read quotes like, live your passion and you'll never work a day in your life, (laughs) right? Or discover what you were born to do and you'll always be happy. I have this knee-jerk reaction because I hear that and go, you know what, baloney. I did what I was called to do and what I was passionate about, but that was motherhood. And it was full of sacrifices and family-focused living, which didn't leave a lot of passion space. People needed sustenance, whether I felt like cooking or not. And in the middle of the night with a sick child, something I was born to take care of as a mom, that didn't necessarily at the time produce happiness. I'm not complaining about those tasks. The otherness of motherhood allowed me to experience Jesus in ways I never would have otherwise. But now I'm in a new place and I look back at my decades of motherhood while also looking ahead to however many years lie ahead of me, whatever that is. And I think, what in the world do I do next? I'm supposed to live my passion. I can hardly remember what my passion is. So passion or calling. I've lived through years of guilt that I didn't live my passion because my passion was writing and communicating. And I would see other homeschool moms who managed to do it while homeschooling their kids. And I'll just be really honest with you and say, I was very familiar with the big green monster of jealousy. Lately, though, I've begun to change how I look at this. First of all, guilt and jealousy aren't healthy emotions to live with. If you want to, you know, have to ask anybody if that's true, you can ask me and I can tell you bad emotions to live with. And so I need to leave those behind. But secondly, I just want to find, I find that way of thinking that I missed out on living my passion earlier in my life. It's limited and it's unrealistic because reality is life is full of mundane, routine, non-passion inspiring moments and activities. I don't have to feel born to do laundry in order to do it. I don't want to just think of laundry as something I'm doomed to have to do until I can get back to my passion. It's part of life. So our empty nest still holds laundry and meals and the rest of the mundane holiness of homemaking. So what if instead of worrying about what our passion is, we ask the Lord, our shepherd who leads us, what he wants us to do? And when he calls, can we, like the boy Samuel in the, in the book, First Samuel in chapter three, Samuel answers the Lord, speak for your servant hears. I want to answer yes to whatever the Lord tells me. I want to encourage you to do the same. Think of the mighty regiment of committed women we could be if we all serve Jesus where he called us. I want to answer God's call. I want to help you do the same. And that's the goal, particularly of season three of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. Like I alluded to earlier, I do think that part of what Jesus is calling me to do will involve a shift in this podcast when I get to season four. But season three is entirely dedicated to you, the emptiness mom. We're going to talk about impediments that keep us from answering God's call. Um, The more I talk to women at this stage, the more I'm amazed at how similar our challenges are. Yet most of us feel like it's only me. I'm the only one struggling with this. And that's a lie. 
Always remember the liar wants to discourage and destroy you because he does not want you in the battle. When I refuse the lie, I have an opportunity to answer the call. And I will tell you, the lie can hound me. I desire to walk in the Lord's truth instead, though. And that constant between the lie and the truth in my life, it's constant. The second part of my season of this season three is going to cover the areas of our nest that we're still called to because there's holiness in these callings and that doesn't diminish. There's holiness in our calling as a mom, as a wife. And, and even with most of our family having flown, we have to find ways to build into the generations behind us. And then we'll end up this season three, um, talking about some second half callings. I believe Jesus invites each of us into his work, not because he needs us, but because as the entirety of the Bible reveals, he is a God who desires relationship with us. As any mom who allows kids into the kitchen to help with dinner knows, having fumbling help creates more work than it decreases, right? I mean, the fruits of working together are that they're going to learn to cook, they're going to learn to do these things, but that doesn't happen for years and usually about the time when they get useful and leave home. And with us and Jesus, it's really the same. He doesn't need our help. We make a mess in the kitchen. We're going to create messes. He's going to have to clean them up. Yet, He still invites us into the privilege of fellowship and calls us to join him in the glorious kingdom work. He doesn't ask us to work harder on our own. Yes and amen. That is not what he does. We are not earning a spot with him. We're not proving ourselves worthy. Instead, we're leaning into him. We're letting the Holy Spirit empower us to do whatever Jesus asks us to do. And why? Because we're not done yet. We have work to do. So let's help one another do that. Let's let the Spirit open our eyes and our heart to the places that Jesus is calling us to serve. You are being called to serve to people around you. I'm not done yet, and neither are you. Oh, Father God, I thank you so much for every person that listens to this podcast and for the emptiness mom who's feeling sad or discouraged or confused. I ask that you would whisper in her heart, in her mind, um, and call her back to yourself and remind her that she is gifted by you on purpose to do your work. I ask you, Lord, to just empower each one of us to live in these days um, in ways that build your kingdom and tell others about your glorious gospel. We praise you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. See you next time.